0: In Jeremiah chapter 34, a siege on Jerusalem was in progress. The king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, and all his army with all the kingdoms and peoples in the empire he ruled, were fighting against Jerusalem and the remaining cities of Judah. Now, this could have been toward the end of the siege. And so, Zedekiah, the king of Judah... And all of the people of Jerusalem, they were probably becoming a bit desperate at this point. And so, beginning in verse, beginning with verse 8 in chapter 34 of Jeremiah, verses 8 through 9 read, This message came to Jeremiah from the Lord after King Zedekiah made a covenant with the people, proclaiming freedom for the slaves. He had ordered all the people to free their Hebrew slaves both men and women. No one was to keep a fellow Judean in bondage. And so here we see King Zedekiah either in an attempt to build up his army by freeing the slaves and adding them to his army, or possibly in a desperate attempt to receive favor from God during the siege of Jerusalem he made a covenant with all the people to release their Jewish slaves. And now the law stated that the Jewish slaves were to be kept in bondage for only six years and they must be freed every seventh year. But apparently they hadn't been obeying this law. But now, however, when they were under pressure. It seems that now they sought to repent and to finally do the right thing in the sight of the Lord. And now in chapter 10 it reads, the officials and all the people had obeyed the king's command, but later they changed their minds. They took back the men and women they had freed, forcing them to be slaves again. And so we see here in verses 10 and 11, the people obeyed the king's command. They either obeyed it so that God would grant them some relief and have pity and mercy on them, or like I said before, so that the slaves could now help out in the army now that they were free. Or some even suggest that they could have agreed to let them go for selfish purposes, in order to relieve themselves of the burden of having to feed and shelter their slaves during this troubling and hard time while they were under siege. But either way, we can see that their repentance was not sincere because after they let the slaves go, they reneged on their promise, and then they made all of the freed people come back into bondage again. The slave owners possibly changed their minds after the Babylonians withdrew from Jerusalem in order to deal with an attack by the Egyptians. They probably hoped that the Egyptians would gain victory over the Babylonians so that they wouldn't have to worry about the Babylonians anymore. But if that's what they were thinking, then they had another thing coming, and their hope was in vain. In Jeremiah 37, verses 4 through 10, the Bible reads, Now Jeremiah was coming and going among the people, for they had not yet put him in prison. Then Pharaoh's army came up from Egypt, and when the Chaldeans who were besieging Jerusalem heard news of them, they departed from Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Thus you shall say to the king of Judah, who sent you to me to inquire of me, Behold, Pharaoh's army, which has come up to help you, will return to Egypt, to their own land. And the Chaldeans shall come back and fight against this city, and take it and burn it with fire. Thus says the Lord, Do not deceive yourselves, saying, The Chaldeans will surely depart from us, for they will not depart. For though you had defeated the whole army of the Chaldeans who fight against you, and there remained only wounded men among them, they would rise up, every man in his tent, and burn the city with fire. And now perhaps God sought to give them some kind of relief after seeing their repentance and after they made the covenant to do the right thing. And perhaps God caused the Babylonians to temporarily lift their siege on Jerusalem with the Egyptian attack. Nevertheless, they broke their promise and they made the slaves return. Once the threat seemed to pass, they seemed to think it was no longer important. To keep the covenant that they'd made. You know, they were probably thinking that they would need the slaves to rebuild what was damaged and destroyed during the siege so that life could get back to normal again. But God reminded them of the covenant that He made with their forefathers regarding the requirements for keeping slaves and letting them go. And again, apparently they weren't obeying these commands. But when they were under the heat, when they were under the pressure, when they were under siege, then they decided that it was a good idea to go ahead and repent and do what was right. But it wasn't sincere. It wasn't sincere repentance. It was not sincere obedience because they went right back on their promise and they went right back to their old way of living as soon as they seemed to be in the clear. They broke their covenant with a holy God, and they treated it as nothing. And so after God rebuked the people for breaking the covenant, he promised that the Chaldeans would come back. Verse 12 reads, So the Lord gave them this message through Jeremiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I made a covenant with your ancestors long ago when I rescued them from slavery in Egypt. I told them that every Hebrew slave must be freed after serving six years. But your ancestors paid no attention to me. Recently, you repented and did what was right, following my command. You freed your slaves and made a solemn covenant with me in the temple that bears my name. But now you have shrugged off your oath and defiled my name by taking back the men and women you had freed, forcing them to be slaves once again. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. Since you have not obeyed me by setting your countrymen free, I will set you free to be destroyed by war, disease, and famine. You will be an object of horror to all the nations of the earth. Because you have broken the terms of our covenant, I will cut you apart just as you cut apart the calf when you walked between its halves to solemnize your vows. Yes, I will cut you apart, whether you are officials of Judah or Jerusalem, court officials, priests, or common people, for you have broken your oath. I will give you to your enemies, and they will kill you. Your bodies will be food for the vultures and wild animals. I will hand over King Zedekiah of Judah and his officials to the army of the king of Babylon. And although they have left Jerusalem for a while, I will call the Babylonian armies back again. They will fight against this city and will capture it and burn it down. I will see to it that all the towns of Judah are destroyed with no one living there. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, many people seemed to have changes of heart. Many people made promises and vows to God because they were afraid and because they wanted God to take the threat of COVID away and away from their homes and their families. At the start of it all, the people of God were praying, fasting, uniting. We were making oaths and promises to God, to do this or to do that, to no longer do that thing. Some of us vowed to change things in our lives, bad habits, turn from sins, pray more, study God's word more, you know, since you have more time, might as well, right? We resolve to give more, to volunteer more, to preach the gospel more. You know, most of us, if not all of us, made some type of resolution or promise to the Lord to change something, And now I guess people are beginning to feel invincible now because they got the vaccine or because everyone else is getting vaccinated around them. But people are starting to relax. Just the other day when I was in Manhattan, near Times Square, I was shocked to see so many people without masks. All in large groups laughing, talking, yawning, spreading germs. And nobody really seemed to care. A lot of places were open for in-restaurant dining. Nobody seems to be concerned with social distancing anymore. People are no longer fearful. They're not ready to fight anymore when somebody simply clears their throat. New York City is beginning to open back up after COVID. Stores, churches, other places have already opened back up or are beginning to open back up as well. Things are beginning to get back to normal. And now you have some people who will say things like, things will never be normal again. I'll call these people drama queens. Yes, things will eventually get back to normal again, as they did with past pandemics. But the question is, will you go back to normal? Will you go back to the same way that you used to be? Will we, as a church, revert back to our old, lackadaisical ways You know, God has taught each of us something during this pandemic. Something about ourselves, something about our ministries, about the universal church at large. And most of us, in the heat of it, have made some type of promise to God to change to do something more, less, or better. It could be something in our character that God put his finger on. It could be something such as spending too much time on social media and TV. Time that could be used for studying his word and praying. Maybe it's something such as being more kind, more giving, more loving, working in ministry, proclaiming the gospel with boldness and truth. It could have been anything, but even though the threat seems to be lifting, I want to encourage you, child of God, do not go back on your promise to God just because things seem to be going back to normal. God still needs you to be faithful to what you promised. You know, most of the time in the Old Testament, when we see God sending judgment, it's not normally judgment on outsiders, but most of the time it's judgment upon his own people in order to correct them, to turn them away from some sin, and to get them back on track. Everything that happens, God allows. And if he allows it, you can guarantee it's for a purpose. The pandemic, COVID-19, it's horrible but it still serves a purpose. God has been speaking to his church over the past year and a half. Have we been listening? Or has it gone in one ear and out the other? Are we going to forget all the promises that we made to God and just go back to how we were before? Now that the threat seems to be passing, Are you still going to get involved in that ministry? Are you still going to be reading your Bible and praying daily? Are you still going to go out of your way to help your neighbor? Are you still going to commit to standing up for the truth of God? Or are you going to renege like the slave owners Are you going to turn back now that things seem to be getting better? Will you forget your promises to God? Are we going back to normal? My fear is that things will go back to normal. My fear is that the church that has now awoken... Will eventually go back to sleep. And it's certain that many will return to what was before. Not all, but some definitely will. And they'll forget all about the promises that were made to God. That is, until the next time something happens. You know, as I was walking through Port Authority in New York, I looked up and I saw an overhead marquee. And it read, COVID is still a threat. Mask up. Church, don't let your guards down. Until Jesus returns, the people of God still have very real threats. We still have very real enemies. Stay prayed up. Continue in whatever God has stirred up in you. Continue in the truth that he has awakened and revealed to you. The things that he has showed you that were wasting time. The sins, the habits that were keeping you from being closer to him or hindering your walk with him. The things that were preventing him from using you in the way that he desires. Get rid of them. Don't turn back. Let's continue to preach the gospel and labor in the Lord's work. Let's continue to live holy and to encourage others to do the same. Let's continue to win souls for Christ and let's not back down and let's not go back to normal. Let's continue to be extraordinary for Christ. God bless you and take care. If you're a new believer in Christ, or if you have questions about Christianity, I encourage you to check out my recently released book titled, For the Potential Christian, Basic Answers to Basic Questions. It's simple, easy to read, and it's not full of all of those long $20 words that most people don't understand. It's simply what you need to begin your relationship with Jesus Christ. I do hope you'll check it out. It can be purchased online at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and for more information, you can go to my website, productofhisgrace.com forward slash books. God bless you and take care.